This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of the European Show. I'm your host, Mo Stewart, and I'm very, very pleased to be joined by the premier Spanish journalist and broadcaster, Mr. Guillaume Balaguer, because once again, we are talking about a Spanish football team. While most other football teams are now well into all of their transfer tassel, for Liverpool, there is still one more game to go. And what a game it is. Champions League final against the mighty Real Madrid. Now, Guillaume, we had Semra Hunza on for our semi-final preview show. And she spoke about the Madridistas believing that the Champions League was their destiny this year and, well, almost every year, basically. And then they went and beat Manchester City the way that they beat Manchester City. So surely amongst the fans, that belief has grown. Is there similar confidence within the squad, do you think? Yeah, I, I don't think the belief is their destiny. They just think that they can win it. Um, and and they have everything that's required to um, to win it. So right now, yes, they are in the final and they're going to go to Paris, the ones that will go to Paris or the ones that will watch it on television, believing that, it, yeah, it's going to happen. Uh, I've started doing some previews with um, with some friends and also on Five Live and CBS and so on. And I've got the impression that many people, uh, in fact, I've been asked two or three times already, um, do you think Ramadi have got a chance? It's like, what? <laughs> uh, I, said, I don't know where that confidence comes from. When you play Real Madrid, you should know that the mixture of, or the, or the addition of the confidence that comes through the stands and through the fans, uh, the, 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 the confidence when you wear that white shirt, uh, the, um, uh, the 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 history that's behind it, all that put together, of course, it gives you the feeling that once you're into a, a final, that is just a game. Of course, you can win. Not just that, um, you go into the pitch thinking, you know, it's possible. It doesn't matter who the rival is. So I don't believe in destiny and all that, but I believe that they have created a. Um, uh, an environment, a culture in which they go to a game knowing that they will win, then, you know, things happen, of course. Of course, uh, things always tend to happen in Champions League finals, which we'll get on later. Um, but it's interesting to me that you say that it seems that the consensus from some of the neutrals seems to be that Liverpool are slight favourites. But we here in Liverpool are very aware of the dangers of Real Madrid and particularly the way that their preparation for the final has been considerably easier than Liverpool's. Liverpool have been fighting for the title to the very last minute of the Premier League season, unfortunately, unsuccessfully. Whereas Real Madrid have had their proverbial feet up for the last four La Liga games. Carlo Angelotti's been able to rest and rotate some of his older players, but also allow some of the fringe players to get some minutes, get some rhythm, just in case they may be needed if the game goes the distance. So when you look at it from that perspective, even though there was a derby defeat in there, I mean, the most insignificant derby defeat I can think of in long memory. But overall, for Carlo Ancelotti, that preparation couldn't have gone better, really, should it? Really? Um, I'm going to put you another example. So imagine that uh, you present the show three times a week and you do it to the best of your capabilities and you prepare yourself and you're always on, on a high in terms of uh, professionalism and delivery, etc. And I say to you, don't come for two weeks, uh, but come for the last week of the season because I want you, you know, at your best. Would you be at your best? Hmm. You may not be. 
It's true. I mean, it depends what I'm doing in the meantime, but that's a very good point. I think the intensity of the kind of game that you want for a Champions League final, I think it might become a bit of an issue with the kind of rhythm versus rest. And you mentioned the final game against Betis. That looked a lot more like the team we expect to see for this game. And they are taking a bit of a risk because they weren't exactly fluid in that game. It ended nil-nil, didn't it? It's a Champions League final. There's no references. Uh, so uh, that goes for both, both the last two questions. Uh, do we rest the side or do we actually make sure that they compete until the end? So they have the, that feeling of, of competing, which can disappear very quickly if you are an elite footballer. That's what they tell me anyway. But I, I go back to, to my own work. If I, if I disappear for two weeks, it's like I've started from scratch. So um, do we know if what's best? No, we don't, we don't really know. Uh, is it a reference to the last game? Possibly not. In terms of the lineup, yes. Uh, the, there's only one doubt. Is it going to be Rodrigo or Valverde? And I think it will be Valverde because Rodrigo has come on from the bench and does really well. So uh, you know that you've got somebody on the bench that can change your dynamic, that can give you new energy. Uh, so will you know Kamaminga will come on at some point, cross one finish. Those are the things that we've been seeing in recent in recent games. Uh, but because there is no formula to uh, to winning, these things could be a good thing or a bad thing. We just don't know. Uh, certainly, what's the case, and that is to me a worry. And I asked Modric about that on Tuesday um, for Liverpool. Is that the, the, the little injuries or the half injuries or the players that cannot give a hundred percent? Now that is more than the rest, more than who you played in the last game, more the rotations or the fact that you've been competing until the end. If Van Dijk is not fit, then it's a big problem. If Fabinho is not fit and Thiago is not fit, and then you have to play Henderson and Keita, for instance, is a completely different team. So that is the uh, the concern. Uh, Fabinho gets asked five days ago, are you going to play? Of course. He answered yes. <laughs> and of course, Salah is going to say yes. And of course, Thiago is going to say, even though he's struggling, perhaps the one that's struggling the most, he'll say, I'm ready. Uh, but it is when you start, as you say, when the high tempo starts and you have to, to stretch yourself and make that run that, that if you have a bit injured, you don't want to do that kind of things is where those little details is where, you know, Ramadi have got a certain advantage. But, mm-hmm. but Liverpool is a better side. There's no argument about it. It is a better team, a hundred percent a better team. But this is Real Madrid. Yes, this particular Real Madrid, who have got this uh, habit to change things when, when, when you know, they they, they 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 seem to be going in a completely different direction. Um, coming to the pitch, knowing that even if they go two 0 down, they can still turn things around, which is a bit of a self fulfilling prophecy, really. If you repeat it plenty of times, you believe it. But so does the rival. Because, let me tell you one thing, comebacks, the comebacks of this season, that's never, ever happened in the history of the game. Ever. Never, ever. Mm. But, because they say, oh, yeah, we do this all the time. They believe it. So when they score the first goal, their mind thinks, right, this is coming now. And the rivals believe it and become smaller. But it's never happened. What has happened in the 80s (laughs) is that Real Madrid used to do that once or twice a season. Not three times. Not in the last few minutes, not against three of the best sides in the world. So mm-hmm. it's unique, but they transform it into a narrative that uh, that means that they also get that advantage. The narrative is Liverpool are tired, 
uh, Real Madrid are fresh. Liverpool have got injuries. Real Madrid can come back even if they concede. So they're winning the uh, pre-game uh, mm. match, if you like. That is really interesting because a lot of those same qualities is exactly what Liverpool have drawn on. And the way you talk about the fact that because it's happened before, it makes you believe it's happened more often. That's very much Liverpool as well. If you think about the big comebacks like the Barcelonas and the Borussia Dortmunds, it's like we almost convince ourselves that we can do it at a drop of a hat. But the reality is that it doesn't actually happen very often. And that's why it's so no, surprising. Who's been talking about the Barcelona game or who's been talking about Istanbul or who's been talking about comebacks? It's Real Madrid who dominating that scene mm. uh, because they've done it this season, of course. Can it happen? Yes, it could be that Liverpool have to actually make a comeback and they can come back because they've got the quality and the way to do it and the intensity and the players and all that. But in terms of the uh, the pre-game, I think that's uh, that's a 2-0 to Real Madrid right now. Mm. No, for sure. Now, one other thing I wanted to ask about the difference in the, the, the systems. One thing that Klopp mentioned when he was facing Tuchel in the FA Cup final is that the options that they have made it difficult to game plan for. Now, Carlo Ancelotti has faced Liverpool many times with many different teams. But with those doubts over some of the key players, does it make it harder for him to game plan? Because he may well have a different plan, whether he's facing Asala, Van Dijk, Fabinho, Thiago, or whether he is a Henderson, Cater, Matip, example. Give me an example, an example, just one, of a well, game okay. plan from Real Madrid this season. <laughs> well, well, okay, well, I mean, that's a good question. Because I'll help you, change. I'll help you. They don't have a game plan. <laughs> no, no, seriously. They, they, uh, I know Pep Guardiola and, and before that Tuchel. Uh, they don't know how to, they do know how to prepare a game. But jokingly, I heard that the City coaching staff is like, how do you prepare against Real Madrid? They don't, they've got no pattern of play. They, you just don't know. You know that uh, if they recover the ball and Coutura gets it, he's going to try to deliver to uh, to Vinicius and then he'll link up with uh, Benzema. You know that much. But every single team in the world, apart from Real Madrid, have got a pattern of play. You know that if that guy comes in, the other one goes there. And you more or less know, because you see it in every game. Real Madrid are not about that. They are about a moment, a move, a player. Yeah. And it's impossible to predict that. And it's impossible to prepare against that, if you like. So the same way that um, club will have the difficulty of preparing against a move, a moment, and a player, how do you prepare? How do you prepare um, when you see Rodrigo roaring through the center of the box to head a ball. He doesn't do that. He's the winger. But at Real Madrid, that happens. How do you prepare against that? You just got to be alert. And in the case of Real Madrid, they won't do a big effort to, to you know, they, 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 they'll obviously try to keep the ball for as long as they can. When they don't have it, they will try to pressure high sometimes, but that's not, not in their nature. If they feel fresh, they may do that. But generally, uh, the important bit is, okay, if they pressure high, and Liverpool beats that, track back and be compact very, very quickly. And they've got fast centre-backs that can that can track back, and Casemiro is also clever too. There's all that, but that 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 is not, there's not going to be much more planning than that. Mm -hmm. uh, because this is a, 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 the exception to the rule. This is a team that depends on the individual qualities of the players. And that quality has taken them to the Champions League final and winning the league, which is not too bad. It's a fascinating matchup, really, because as you say, it's hard to predict what kind of final we're going to see, because 
the traditional way that these finals play out is you think it's going to be two teams, KG, maybe one big moment. But as you've seen with Real Madrid, they do produce those moments and Liverpool have produced those moments. And if we think back to the last time they met in the Champions League final, it was decided on, well, two or three massive moments. So the suggestion is that that's really going to be how it goes again. But until the game starts, we're never really sure. Well, it depends if, if there is an early goal that breaks, you know, uh, all our predictions and, uh, and and analysis, because then it will open up. Uh, if that's the case, then then there'll be two heavyweights going at each other, and that's that's what, what I imagine. Uh, there won't be so much control. It'd be about all right. We've considered the first one. We're going to go and get a goal, and then the the, the game opens up. Then, but if that doesn't happen. What Ramadi wants is to control the tempo, to to actually make sure that it slows down, that it's not played at the way that Liverpool wants. To do that, they have to get the ball even more often than they 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 do uh, in in La Liga, for instance, or in other games. But I think that Liverpool now, and this is why for me it's the best Liverpool in history, certainly the best Liverpool of and the club, is that they have different layers, and uh, you have the ability to counterattack, to pressure high, and to do it in intensively and, 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 and very often. But you also have the ability to pass the ball. I think in the Champions League, uh, possession stats say that Liverpool have the ball even longer periods than, than Real Madrid. So, and it's quality possession, because if it's Fabinho and, and, and Thiago and Mane in a more central position, this quality in the in, and intricacy uh, in the passing. Uh, so it's a very, very matured side with all those possibilities. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Is better than Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, the way that the, the fullbacks attack and 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 how how there is so much density of players when when you attack through the center. Nobody does that. Everybody plays the, down the wings and then put it in. No, no, you go through the center, but you go like fog <laughs> get into the box. Hard to defend that. Uh, so if it goes Liverpool way, you can see coming, you know, one goal and another goal and another goal maybe. But uh, if Real Madrid can, can keep possession and can control things and can, can allow you know the likes of Kroos and Casemiro and Modric to dominate and take breathers, mm-hmm. then Liverpool may get into trouble because they're able to beat any line of pressure. They're able to give the ball in the last third. And once there, with Benzema as well, in the form is in, anything can happen. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Anything can happen. And Benzema is one of those players who I expect to be putting himself front and centre of this game, of this game of moments, as we mentioned it. And on Liverpool's side, we mentioned him before, Mo Salah. Now, there's been an interesting reaction, I think it's fair to say, in Madrid, to some of Salah's comments about wanting to play in Madrid and looking for revenge for the last final. I personally was torn between admiring the confidence of the man to speak his mind, but also being wary of poking the bear slightly. Uh, how was it received, maybe, by the media in Madrid? It was it was an interesting reaction because it's like um, it's like a you know a twelve year old kid approaching a twenty year old man and saying I'm 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 gonna revenge you and the twenty year old man going like yeah whatever kid um, <laughs> it, it was a, it was that kind of reaction from Madrid because they they're not gonna be affected by mind games uh, and actually. Salah has shown his weakness. He's not going to be a level-headed mind there. 
it's going to be one that requires to impress, wants to win the game, wants to therefore, because of what happened, has got unfinished business. Oh, right, okay. There's, there's a gap there. There's a little door that Ramadi can exploit mm. uh, during the game. Before it, it's like, you know, great if he thinks that uh, revenge is at, at stake. But see how club reacted to all that? It's like, no, 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 no. we're not talking revenge. We're not talking revenge. This is just a football game. Because I think he's it showed a weakness there. Um, mm. I don't know how important will be or not, but but Ramadit um, don't give them any advantage at all. Yeah, I did very much get the feeling that Real Madrid weren't seeing this as anything other than a game in itself. They'd already forgotten the trophy. I mean, it was the one of three trophies that they won in a row. They didn't necessarily need to differentiate. And there's that kind of cold calmness about Real Madrid, as we've seen because they're going through this the different rounds, at the point where they sense blood in their opponents. We saw it against PSG. We saw it against Chelsea and Manchester City. They are able to capitalise in their moments. And that... It might it's not like that. that. It's not like that. That's what the stories will tell you. And that's what okay. history will tell you. That when they smell blood, they go for it. Why didn't they smell it before? Why did they, <laughs> why did they have to wait until minute 90 to smell blood? Were they, were they, were they having a flu and they couldn't smell? What is it? <laughs> okay. Well, well, in that case, maybe they didn't smell it. But I certainly got the sense that their opponents started to fear more at that point. And I will say that definitely about PSG. Maybe that's their own muscle memory. But maybe that's the difference. Liverpool don't have that fear because they've been the ones coming back in previous years. Ramadi played really badly this Champions League. Really badly. Not just poorly, just a bit poorly. Really badly. Just go back to uh, Paris. 1-0. It should have been 4-0. Go should've... back to uh, the Etihad. It could have been 6-1, if you like. Just, just uh, you know, go back to um, Santiago Bernabeu against Chelsea. They, they conceded four goals before they scored. Ramadi scored, but one of them was disallowed. Go to PSG at the Santiago Bernabeu. Mbappé scored a hat-trick, but two of the goals were disallowed. So mm. they played really badly. They defended really badly. They didn't control the games. And, you know, it's like, what is it we have to do not to go through? All the things that they did. But then, even though, again, I asked those guys that I mentioned earlier, what happens to the minds the minute before the first goal at the Bernabeu? And some would admit it. They were like, it's not going to happen, but you know, you, you have to keep going. And I was sitting at the stands and I, I could see around me, people were dispersed. It's not going to happen. Some left in some of the games. Mm. So it's not like they were just waiting for the moment to actually go and kill them. No, no, they were, they were dead, but not completely dead. And then, mm. of course, when you have that chance, that goal comes and then, yes, at the moment that that comes, it goes back to that psychology we were talking earlier of the yeah. self-fulfilling prophecy. Because they're thinking, ah, it's going to happen again. And I'm thinking, again, it hasn't happened that often. But yeah, it's part of the DNA. And the rivals know that as well. So, oh my mm -hmm. God, it's about to happen again. So it's it's a clever, again, that's what again, that's why I'm saying that uh, they're winning the, the pre-game battle, if you like, uh, because sure. they, they have that history to them. Of all this, the supposed history, they create a history, some of it true, but not at the level that they, they, they you know, constantly ask uh, of, of their own teams. Because they, the, the only thing is that every time, and I'm telling you, every time Ramadith loses the first leg of a knockout stage in the Champions League, every single time in the last 20 years, they call for the comeback, for the magic comeback, every single time. 
And how often has happened? Not that often. Mm. Not that often. See, I was unsure when I first started this interview whether I was going to feel better or worse about our chances after speaking to you. And I feel better. So thank you for that. I think it's an interesting thing what we do. We, we focus on those 10% where they were playing well and forget about the 90% where they were in. Yeah, but Mo, how, how, how do you feel better? You face still Real Madrid. So you <laughs> will play really well and they can beat you. So mm. be prepared for for the be prepared for the fall because that's what they do. So I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't feel too great. I, I'd just be very very nervous until the, the end of the game. <laughs> oh, anyway. oh, I'm still nervous. Don't worry, I'm still nervous. <laughs> and I mean, I, it's all very well me sitting here in the middle of the week discussing this. When it gets to the day of the game, all of these permutations will be running through all of our heads. Now, one person who won't be on our minds on the day of the game is a man who won't be playing for either side, as it turns out which is uh, Kylian Mbappe, who has just announced that he will sign a new deal in Paris. Now, this is the second time in a row uh, Real Madrid looked like they were confident in securing his signature, only for PSG to pull on his heartstrings and maybe a few other things uh, to convince him to stay. Now, this is a story that you've reported on for quite some time. Do we know exactly how close he came to coming this time? First of all, it's three times, because when he was 14, he went to train with Real Madrid and decided not to stay, because uh, he was too young, obviously. So that will happen at some point. But um, the list of reasons are along. Um, and everybody, because people want an easy, uh, an easy answer to complex situations, and uh, whoever wants to put it down to money, fine, fine, you know, live your life in that superficial way, not a problem. Uh, yeah, money. But that was just one side of it. Uh, there was the pressure from the authorities, political authorities in France, uh, Emmanuel Macron, without uh, you know one of them, who tried to convince him by, by you know Macron, who wanted Qatar not to be ha- not to be unhappy and mm. uh, and wanted to keep some of the money that um, Mbappe brings to the nation, but also. Uh, wanted PSG and Paris and France to still be candidates to to win the biggest trophies abroad. All that was in his mind when he was saying to uh, to Mbappé, look, Ramadi, I've got thir- 13 Champions League. So even if you win the next one, you'll be a guy that has won one mm-hmm. out of 14. But at PSG, we never won it. So come and make history. You're only 23. Do it for a while. And the idea, as he told me uh, in the chat we had on on Monday, is that you know the dream is not over with Real Madrid. Why would it have to be over? I mean, in many people's minds, you know, it's all about money. He's, isn't he? but he's also a kid that wants to play for Real Madrid, and he he thinks he'll he'll manage to do that when he decides. So he hasn't said no to Real Madrid. He said yes to Paris and France, uh, and m- most likely in his mind, he's, he's, he thinks I've just said to Real Madrid, see you later. Uh, it's not the right moment just yet. I, I think it's interesting because as Liverpool fans, I do feel echoes of the Steven Gerrard story there in terms of everyone else is saying to you, well, obviously he's going to go to Chelsea, he's going to go to Real Madrid, etc., and win countless trophies. But the pull of the man and wanting to do it for the team that he loves is, is a strong one and we really shouldn't discount it. One thing I and want yet, to... And yet... Uh, I don't think I've ever had the, the possibility of discussing Steven Gerrard and Morgan to Real Madrid or Chelsea. So I'm going to do it now. Um, you should have let him go. 
you should have let him go because he is a man that had wanted to challenge himself, wanted to come out of his comfort zone, wanted to get his family another experience, wanted to see if he could do it somewhere else, uh, wanted to play with other people, wanted to play with other fans. He wanted all that and you didn't let him go. Uh, and that could have been Chelsea or it could have been Real Madrid. That's right. Mm. He could have played for Real Madrid. And now he's a manager who has had experience at one club. Well, two, but you know, mostly one. Um, so his life is a little bit less rich mm. than if you had let him go. So I don't think we should, we should celebrate, and I'm, I'm a Liverpool fan, I don't think we should celebrate the fact that we didn't let him go. Uh, I think we should we should actually feel sorry for not sorry, but we, we should actually feel a little bit guilty because we, mm. we didn't let him and his family experience an, another life and challenge himself, which, which is, by the way, the, the thing that takes you to the top as an elite athlete is that you challenge yourself. And we said to him, no, don't challenge yourself anymore. Just stay. Mm. And he couldn't do that that extra bit of, of scene if he could do it somewhere else. That's no, that is interesting. And I mean, when you think about it, him as a human person, then that is that's a fair point. I think from us as Liverpool fans, we are very selfish about that and are very pleased for the years we got out of him. Maybe if we he had won the league in 13-14, we could have said goodbye at that point, but maybe that would have even been too late. Who knows? We'll never know. One thing I do want to say more, uh, tying back to the Mbappe question, is around Carlo Ancelotti himself. And I know that he's a very experienced coach, but he will have had to answer questions about a fella who is not going to be in a squad for this game. And there is the there is the um, danger that in some circles it can become a distraction. I know that Perez let the players know in the dressing room after Betis. Now, I don't know how far along these players were connecting with him, thinking about him. They aren't the kind of people who are going to get distracted at a big game like this. They've been for too many, surely. Of course. <laughs> There's no <laughs> possible answer. Of course, they're not going to be distracted. That's, I mean, in some cases, he may have been hurt or feel disappointed about it. And I think mm. uh, certainly um, Benzema is one of them. But that's it. I mean, he uh, on Tuesday, he was saying when he was asked, ah, we don't get it. We don't want to talk about those little things. But when he says little, means that he, he did hurt him a little bit. That uh, Mbappé probably had said, yes, this is it, I'm coming, I'm coming, and then eventually didn't. But that's it. That's it. This yeah. is a team that uh, has played, you know, uh, three quarters of the squad have played uh, four Champions League finals and won them. And uh, they're about to play another one. There's nothing bigger. Who, you know, and by the way, they got there without Mbappé. They got there without Mbappé. And they will win it. Or lose it, but if they win it, it'll be without Mbappe. So, who is Mbappe anyway? Indeed, who is Mbappe anyway? That's what we should name this one show. Um, I feel like I've you've been more than generous with your time, so I'm gonna ask you for one final question Who do you think is gonna win? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it wasn't Real Madrid, I'd give you an answer. With Real Madrid, who knows? <laughs> who knows? They could win it if they win it. I've got the impression that we'll go like, but how could they win it when actually Liverpool play better? Uh, the logic says, but this is logic, logic versus faith and magic. The logic says the Liverpool are about the side. And if things are done the proper way. They've got the goal scorers, they've got the defenders, they've got the, goals, uh, the goalkeeper, they've got the midfielders to win this game. 
But uh, what I would say is that it's more equal than, as I said earlier, um, I got the impression that some assume that, you know, that Real Madrid are lucky to be at this stage here. Yeah, well, change the word. It's not luck. They've won it 13 times. So it's their competition. And when that happens, when you feel that you kind of own the place, um, you have to give them the chance of, of, of maybe winning it. I don't know. I just hope that um, it is... Uh, as good a game as we expect it to be. Uh, and I feel it will be. It will be a memorable evening, so I cannot wait. You know, we can't predict the game, but I think that that's a very strong prediction to end with. Guillaume, thank you for spending the time with us today. And uh, I may be seeing you in Paris. <laughs> Maybe see you in Paris. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.